0: If you can start carving out more and more space to connect with your intuition, to let your mind wander, to ask yourself that question, what's next for me? What do I really want? What do I desire? Those things will start emerging.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Low, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. I'm so honored to have Oh, an incredible guest today to talk about something that I think we're all trying to focus on these days, <laughs> which is just being who we are and and being in a being state. And so, please, please welcome Tanya Vasile to the House of Low podcast. Thank you, Tanya, for being here.
0: Thank you. I so appreciate you having me, Lauren. I appreciate it. Aww, I'm excited for our time together.
1: Me too. Today's tea is on the courage to be, which I'm really excited to dig into as this is an area I know a lot of women are experimenting with, shifting to, and noticing the struggle to do this in our world. So I'm really excited to play with that and also talk about abundance, consciousness, and all the things that we're very passionate about. But before we get into that, Tanya, I'd love for you to give a short background on you and like what brought you to this time in your life.
0: Oh, thank you for that. Yes. Let me see how I can condense it so Mm -hmm. that it doesn't get too crazy. Born and raised in Spain, Spanish father, American mother, and I decided to come back to the States Come here for college years. And so I came my last two years in college, ended up staying in the States. And my previous career was in advertising as an art director. Mm -hmm. I worked for multi-million dollar accounts like Starbucks and Samsung, ATT, wireless and stuff. And I ended up leaving the corporate world and instead starting my own business with my husband. We moved back to Spain. He was also an art director and we offered all kinds of creative services from... Mm -hmm branding, graphic design. You know, We worked on the film industry for a while. And after four years in Spain, moved back to the States. And we ran the studio for a little bit here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. But it got to a point where he didn't want to run it anymore. I think when you have two creatives trying to run a business and their roles are very similar, you end up clashing. So in a way it was good, but he wanted to focus on his art. I wanted to continue doing, you know, my business on my own, but I just wasn't sure what to offer. I consider myself a multi-passionate person and I had all kinds of skills from the self-development world, art direction, photography as a professional photographer. I'm like, how do I combine everything? So the soul searching started, you know, it's like okay, why was I born where I was born? Why am I here in the States? Why Mm -hmm. did I study? Why why are all these interests? There was all these why questions. And that's when I launched the courage. It started as the courage to be happy. Mm -hmm. And that came about from one of my first clients was a close friend of mine. Mm. And She hired me off the bat as soon as I got my life coaching certification and degree. This is we're talking early 2000s when there wasn't even coaching certifications, but she had so many changes in her life and the year that we worked together. And then we paused, she moved on, did her own things. And right after she got married, she got diagnosed with ALS, with Mm -hmm. Lou Gehrig's disease, which is a very hard illness. Yeah. And she wanted to beat the statistics. She's like, screw this. You know, even though my dad, my uncle, and my cousin have all passed away from Lou Gehrig's, I am not going to be one of those statistics. So I offered her to start coaching again. So this was like, I don't know, early 2010. And we started coaching. She was doing all kinds of things. And it was two steps forward, one back, two steps forward, you know, work with a nutritionist, work with energy worker. She joined the Kabbalah center. She was working with me with coaching. I mean, she, it was a full-time job just working on, on stopping this and not having it move forward. And unfortunately she did pass away eight months into it. And it caught me really off guard because we were coaching. I was in the middle of moving back from Spain to the States and I got a phone call saying, you know, I'm like, let's touch base again after Thanksgiving. So it was around this time. And instead I got the phone call that she had passed away. And it really, it caught me off guard. It was no different than like someone passing in a car accident. And you would think, cause I remember my father saying to me, well, you knew what illness she had, like the statistics weren't. So maybe I was in denial, but I knew this friend and client and how she was such a fighter for these things. Like, I really believed that she was going to be the exception. You know, she was going to be in that 50%. So when that happened, I stopped myself from coaching. I stopped coaching for like four years flat. And it wasn't until I was working with my own coach that she reflected back to me. And she's like, Tanya, just think about all the people that you could have touched in these last four years." that you denied your expertise and your knowledge because you stopped yourself with your friend. Like you just felt like you weren't a good enough coach. You know, like there was all that self-talk that I'm not meant for this. If I would have been mad, now I understand. Obviously time has gone by, but in the moment I felt like I should have saved her. If I was a good enough coach, I would have saved her life. So I started going to therapy and the logo that we had for the courage to be happy, it's the stick figure of this little female, you know, little girl stick figure. And these came about from going to therapy and I'd come out of the sessions, go to a coffee shop and just draw all these stick figure illustrations. Like I'd express myself through these stick figures. And so the courage to be happy came about from talking to that coach at the time And I actually launched it on her birthday. I think it was 2016, you know, so the business has been around for a while. I was honoring her and just the impact that I had in her life and the amount of people that I knew I could impact moving forward. And I'm so glad I did it. And now we're pivoting from the courage to be happy to the courage to be because the brand has evolved and I've touched so many women's lives and just to fulfill our dreams and reach these levels of success, you have to be able to tap into that courage, whatever it is, you know, and those obstacles in order to achieve those dreams or the success that you're looking for in your life. So that's a little bit of the full circle of how the courage to be happy started and now the courage to be.
1: I thank you so much for that background. And I'm so deeply sorry for the loss of your friend and I I can tell that was a big catalyst for you in your own journey and your own growth and but also leading you to your purpose. So I just want to honor her and also your courage to step into your mission in this lifetime, you know. And I love your spirit. I just have to say I feel so calm in your presence and you're definitely a healer and so as a healer myself, we go through very, very challenging things to be able to teach, right? And uh-huh. so I want to honor you for that. And that's where I want to go next. I mean, let's talk about courage in general. I mean, this is something I've been reflecting a lot on because courage is often tied with trusting our intuition, even if outside circumstances do not match up. And I would love for you to talk about anchoring into courage as a value in life and as a way of being and a choice to actually have the courage to take leaps of faith, step into the unknown, and trust what is coming from within versus looking for the answers outside.
0: Yeah, that is so beautifully said, Lauren. And you've prefaced it with intuition. I do consider myself a very intuitive Person, and we all have this. You know, it's just how connected are we to that intuition, or did we let go of it because we're looking for those answers outside of ourselves, like you said? So, I do believe that before courage, intuition has to kick in first. You have to know what it is that you want, what it is that your soul's yearning for, what are your dreams, what do you want, what do you desire. And those answers hmm. don't come out from out there, even though we think they do. We're like, Oh, I want the latest, you know, article of clothing that this person has, or I have. And those could be it overlaps a little bit, like with jealousy or when we're comparing ourselves, especially like in social media nowadays, you know, like we're always looking at. What's the latest thing that Lauren did? Oh my God, she just did a launch. Look how successful she was. So that could be, you know, like you're looking outside and it can give you a little bit of guidance, but you really have to tap inside. I mean, if you see that and you feel that pang of jealousy or you're comparing yourself to that person of what they achieved. You can bring it back and say, that's a guiding, you know, that's like a GPS. What does she have right now that I want to? And then let me go into introspection and let me carve out space for intuition to kick in. Because if you don't carve out those quiet moments, whether it's sitting in silence and meditation, journaling, going out for a hike, connecting in nature, those are usually taking a shower. Why do, why do so many people get ideas in the shower? It's because our lives are so full and we do not allow space for our mind to wander, to connect with intuition that the few minutes or seconds that we have in the shower, that's when the idea comes in, you know, it's like, okay, I can't get into, you know, the higher self is trying to connect with you through your intuition. So if you can start carving out more and more space to connect with your intuition, to let your mind wander, to ask yourself that question, what's next for me? What do I really want? What do I desire? Those things will start emerging. And from there, then what happens is the desire is born, the dreams are born, but now you're required courage to be able to achieve them. Cause you're in this place, but you want to get to this point, you know, you're in point A, you want to get to point B and you can't achieve that. It's weird because as human beings, it's almost like we don't want to take action and we don't want to commit to that desire unless we have certainty that it's uh-huh. going to be fulfilled. Oh yeah. And so that's where the next step is tapping into your courage There's going to be fears, no matter what, there's going to be sacrifices, no matter what, sacrifice of time, sacrifice of money, sacrifice of energy, sacrifice of moving across country, having an uncomfortable conversation. And that's where the fears emerge. You know, there's going to be something, you want this desire, you're going to have to sacrifice something to achieve it. You have to prove to the universe that you really want it. And that's when the fears kick in. And the fears only come from this place if we can understand that our subconscious mind, you know, it's it's our what I call our critter brain, our lizard brain, is just trying to keep us safe. These fears are fictitious fears that we've created in our imagination because they're not real, but they come from way when our brains were created millions of years ago, That when we see a tiger, you know, in the jungle and we're out hunting, that we knew the alarm would be sounding, run, you know, there's a tiger coming. Now, you know, it's different. It's in our imagination because it's like, I really want to travel the world and set my own, you know, have this freedom, have my own business. And that's the dream. And to our critter brain, to our lizard brain, that's the tiger. The dream is the tiger. And so you have to calm it down. It's not going to go away. The fears are still going to be there, but you have to build that muscle and that strength of courage to be able to confront it. And if you go through it, you will be rewarded. That's the bottom line. It's you have to step into that river and trust that you you did mention another word. You know, it's like intuition, the dream or the decision and the commitment to it. And then the demons and the fears, the tigers are going to show up. Can you confront them? And then you will be rewarded. You have to trust along the way.
1: Mm. Wow. That was so beautifully said. And it really brought up a lot for me. We live in a world that teaches us that our intuition, the answers are not within us. And I have to wonder how we got that so backwards, and it's almost impossible to figure that out fully. But I would say that I have felt throughout my life, I've lived both. I've lived where I'm seeking all the answers outside of me, taking the easy route. And then I've done the other side, which is where I continue to be, which is fully trusting from within as best I can, knowing that a lot of what I feel and see and I'm guided to know seems impossible, but it does come through every time when I align to the timeline. You know, when I, like you said, take inspired action towards my highest timeline, which contains all of my deepest heart's desires, right? And I would love for you to unveil for people how they can connect the dots between what they desire deep in their heart versus what is showing up in their life? Because often people struggle with, well, what I desire just may not be possible. And there are people then that are living a totally different life where what they desire is fully in alignment with how they're living. And that's why they're receiving and attracting in more of those desires in their lived experience, like in their daily life. How do you talk to people about desire specifically and connecting it with those actions every day and how we're choosing to live?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. When a desire is born, there's several things that we have to keep in mind. The first thing is keep it close to your heart because it's your desire. It was the desire that was planted into your heart, not anyone else's, not your spouse, not your friend, not your parents, not your siblings, not your kids. You know, it's, it's your desire. It's between, it's a connection between you and source or spirit. Yeah. And so when that's planted in your heart by the law of polarity, you know, these are just universal laws The law of polarity states that there's always the opposite in this world. So if you have an up, you have a down. If you have a positive, you have a negative. If you have a left, you have a right. You know, like it's just anywhere you look, there's always the opposite. You have light, you have dark. You know, there's always the opposite side to it with the law of polarity. So When a desire has been planted in your heart or in your imagination, however you want to view this, you know, we are creative beings. We can imagine things. So if you've imagined something, that means that the polar opposite exists, the fruition of it exists. It can become true. You just have to be able to trust. You have to do what's been put in front of you each step at a time. And you have to let go of circumstances of what's going on right in front of you, because your circumstances are just accumulation of all your previous thoughts, resonance, and vibration from the past, Yep. what your current circumstances right now. So you have the opportunity in this now, in this moment, to change the thoughts, change the way you think, change the way you speak to change the way you vibrate and resonate so that when you're stepping into the future, that desire can be fulfilled, if that makes sense. It's what you're thinking, what you're saying, what you're feeling right now is don't buy into what's right in front of you. You know, like your bank account could be at like $100 only, but you have to step into what's my life at, The million dollar or the, if that's too much from a hundred dollars to the million dollars in your bank, then to the thousand dollars in my bank. And don't pay attention because it's just an illusion what you're living right now. That's just accumulation of, it's the results from your past. So we have to start thinking, believing, speaking, resonating, vibrating, and to the thousand dollars in our bank account. And not believe it. And that's where you have to have that trust. And what do you have to do? Because it's not, you know, like with the the movie, The Secret and everyone with the law of attraction, law of attraction, you know, if I think it, I think in it, I just believe it. And there's more to that. It's not just about thinking and believing, you know, and just getting into the car and feeling that's great. All those things are great, but you also have to take action Mm -hmm. if you don't do anything about it to fulfill that desire It's not going to just drop on your lap. You know, you have to do something. There's, that's where I was talking about before the sacrifice. There's going to be certain things that you have to sacrifice. Would you rather be watching your shows on Netflix or would you rather be building your business? And maybe you're creating, you know, you're getting excited about what your business would look like and you get up an hour earlier or you spend that hour that you would be, or two hours that you'd be watching a show on Netflix focusing on your business, like what's it going to look like, or your course or whatever it is that you're desiring. Right. And here's the other thing too, that I talk a lot with my clients and in my events, there's a big difference between wanting something or wishing something, wanting something and committing to something, you know, to that desire, you know, like one thing has a certain energy. Like I'm wishing for something. Oh yeah, it'd be great to win the lottery. The energy is like. Okay, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Then you have like, I really want that. You know, like I really want to win the lotto. You know, so I'm going to go out and buy those tickets every day. You know, there's a different energy. You see, there's a little bit more excitement around that. And then there's the committing to that desire. And that's where you have to trust and you have to take inspired action. Because when when you commit, there's like, there's no way out. It's like, I give an example, like if your kid or a loved one, it doesn't even have to be a kid, your spouse, your parent, your sibling, your kid, whoever has a health condition that requires $50,000 within this week to be able to cure them. Are you going to wish for them to get better and that maybe you can get the $50,000 or are you going to commit to I am raising $50,000, no matter what, no matter what it takes, whatever uncomfortable conversations, whatever I have to do, sell myself, do whatever you, you know, whatever your imagination allows you to, there's a different energy. We go back to the same thing. How committed are you to that desire? No matter what the circumstances, because you could look at the circumstances and say, going back to the same thing, I only have a hundred bucks in my bank account. How am I going to do this? I can't save my loved one. Or are you going to go into committed to that desire of saying, I am saving my loved one. I am raising $50,000 by the end of this week. I don't know how, but I am committed. I am trusting. I am doing whatever it takes for it. See the difference in energy with that.
1: Yeah. That's a mic drop moment for sure. I. The energy of commitment is very top of mind for a lot of people right now. And I think it is, we think about committing to things outside of us, but the commitment starts to the self and to within and honoring the uniqueness of our own journey versus looking at everybody else and trying to do what everybody else is doing and then calling that success. And so I would love for you to talk about the commitment to the self and how you see that and how, what your thoughts are about that piece as a starting point for people. Because I think a lot of people think they're they're committed, but when it comes down to, yeah, the hard moments and the tests and the initiations, it's hard to push through. And then I feel like that's when we realize, oh, I'm not very committed to myself and what I actually desire. So what's your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, that's a great, I feel like I've lived most of my life like that. Like I've taken so many leaps of faith, you know, moving back and forth across country, you know, like when we finished our jobs as art directors in New York city and decided to move to Spain, my husband did not speak a lick of Spanish. He's American from Philadelphia. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Everyone had this idea of how we should do it. Yeah. And the idea was. Oh, well, you move back to Madrid. You live with, I'm coming from my dad's perspective. You know, he's very linear, very, this kind of conversation. Like, I I don't know. It'd be interesting to talk to him about it. But anyway, his thought was the way to do this and in order for you guys to be successful is you move in with us for six months, Ben goes to Spanish classes so he can learn Spanish You go into an ad agency and work in the corporation and make money to sustain yourselves. And you guys save a little bit and then you can move out and do your thing. Our idea and our dream and our desire was we don't want to live in Madrid. We don't want to live in a big city again. We've lived in Manhattan. We've lived in Madrid. We want to go to a smaller town. That's what's aligning with our values right now. We want to go where we got married, Coruña, 200,000 people. Everyone's like, are you nuts? You're coming from a lucrative job in New York City, both of you as art directors, and you're moving to a small town without an, any job. Your husband doesn't even speak the language. How are you guys going to make this work? Yep. And so my answer to all of this is, I don't know. Yeah. But we will make it work one way or another. That's just one example, you know, yeah. and we did make it work, you know. Yeah, of course. It's not like we had a, Did it work the perfect way or how we thought? No, most likely it didn't, you know, it because it's never perfect. There's I always say there's your plans and there's divine plans too, you know. So oh yeah, we think that it's gonna look a certain way, but there might be an even better plan for us, you know, along the way. So the commitment going back to the commitment to self, that's such a good question, Lauren. And it really starts with with tapping into that intuition and carving out time, like what is it that you desire and how are you going to commit to it? You know, and and keep bringing yourself back to, because I think sometimes we think we're committed to it until the going gets hard. Suddenly, now it requires you having an uncomfortable conversation to ask for a loan to your loved ones. For example, I signed up for, when I launched my business, I signed up for a very expensive mastermind I had no idea where I was going to get $20,000 to sign up for this mastermind. But I knew deep down, this is what I needed. This was the mentor I wanted. This was the, the program, the systems. I knew that if I stuck to it, that this was the key to give me that success.
1: Yeah.
0: I had to go ask for a loan for this because I did not have the money sitting around. Again, it's the same. I put down the deposit with my credit card. And then it's that you'll figure it out. You figure it out. And a great exercise that I like doing is right before you're going to bed or right when you wake up, because that's when you're going into that dream state and your subconscious mind is working, you want to give your subconscious mind some work to do. Because even though you're sleeping, the subconscious mind is still working. So I'll ask the question. Like in that case, I'd be like, I mean, I have so many examples. This happened to me. We bought a new home. It was only the second home we'd bought. We had to remodel it. We got ourselves into a pickle. We needed $50,000. I'm like, where are we going to get $50,000 or our studio is not going to get remodeled? I mean, this is not little amounts of money. It's not like I have $50,000 sitting around there. And I literally, for three days straight, I went to bed and I'm like, where is this money? Where can we get $50,000? You know, and so then if you do that right before you go to sleep, you'll either wake up with that idea of where to get that money in your dreams, or you'll wake up in the middle of the night and you just write it down, or you'll wake up in the morning and the idea will come to you. Or you'll be meditating first thing in the morning or in the shower, and the idea will come to you. That's your intuition, that's your higher self, that's source, that's its spirit, it's speaking to you. And it took me three days. It was three nights that I'd go to sleep until we could figure it out. I had no idea about home equity loans. You know, like I'm sure anyone that owns a home knows about these things. But I was like, isn't there something where you can borrow money against the home you have? Like, I don't know what that is, but I've heard about (laughs) that term or something about that. You know, to someone else right now that knows about this, you're like, please, I would have thought of that, you know, but you have to understand, I had never bought, this was only my second home. I didn't understand where to get these things and boom, like that in three days, we manifested that money. So you really have to trust that space and And doing whatever it requires, because it did require having to go to the bank and have to ask for that and feel a little bit dumb or ignorant, you know, like, I don't know, is this the right place? Is this what we should be asking for? And in the case of when I signed up to this expensive mastermind, which was expensive for me, you know, like I just, I've never spent that kind of money in my education except for college which we, that's a whole other conversation. Like for college, it does qualify, you know, if you're going to invest 20,000, a hundred thousand, but if you're going to go into a mastermind, mm, I don't know if I should pay that amount of money, yeah. but it required an uncomfortable conversation with my parents, you know, and explaining all this. And they're kind of like coming out of like, well, borrowing that and how, you know, like, It's going to require things. Courage is all related and desires. If you want those desires fulfilled, you're going to have to get courage and you're going to have to sacrifice certain things and get uncomfortable. Like I always say, get comfortable in doing uncomfortable things.
1: Oh, so well said. And that's, I think, such a beautiful place to sit with. Like, where where is my growth point? Where is my edge? Because often when we meet our edge, That's when we have the biggest breakthroughs and can often call in the biggest things in our life that we desire or people or whatever it is, especially related to abundance. But abundance comes in so many forms. It's not just money, you know, Yes, that a lot of people are afraid of their edge, but then you meet it. I call it like the next mountain and you meet it and you realize it's not that big of a mountain. You can do it and you're better for it on the other side, you know? and the strength just grows and the trust in self grows. And so lastly, I would love for you to talk a little bit about happiness and joy, because I think happiness is tricky. It's a tricky word for people because everybody has this expectation that we're going to be happy all the time, not in the human experience. The human experience mm-hmm. is meant to have crazy emotions that are challenging. And there's waves of emotions and things that come from the past, things that come from potentially other lives, our ancestors, who knows, right? There's there's a lot that we live with in the, in the physical body. And so I sometimes caution, because I think happiness is like, there's moments of it, there's bursts of it. But then when we're not in the happiest state, we... Beat ourselves up about that. But mm-hmm. joy is different because joy can be activated, and we almost expect joy to be momentary, right? And I think more and more people are trying to discover how they can create more joy in their life, even doing the mundane things, doing the harder things. I'm trying to step into this place in my life where I'm activating more of my true light-hearted self. I think I've been very serious about things for too long. And it's just, it's too intense to live that way, you know? And so I don't want to live that way because I think it takes mm-hmm. me away from my true essence, which is very childlike, to be honest. And so I would love for you to talk about your perspective on joy, you know, versus happiness.
0: I'll jump in, but I'm curious where you've had that self-awareness What have you been doing to bring yourself out of that seriousness? And I'll add to that
1: too. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of community with friends and with new people that I'm connecting with that Mm. are of that vibration. Like it feels the universe is bringing in people that are lighter hearted and more joyful in their life. And they're not riddled by limiting beliefs and their past or they're working through it. And I'm just... More energized by the lightheartedness that they bring, and it activates within me my lightheartedness, right? Because we're all mirroring something for each other. So that's a big piece. I think more playful movement is really important for me, and being in nature and, Mm. you know, just more time, less thinking, more being, more feeling, more like movement, I think really activates that in me so and of course being around my favorite humans which are children
0: <laughs> yes I was gonna go in there that's why I love you saying that do you have kids Lauren no not yet no but you can surround it you don't need to have your own kids because sometimes your own kids can bring you you know <laughs> drive you nuts too so yes it look, happiness is not a constant, like going back to the law of polarity, you know, like there's light, there's darkness, there's happy days, there's frustrating days, you know, and that's something that we have to keep in our awareness. They're just feelings, you know, happiness is just like feelings. I'm feeling happy today, or I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling upset. You know, I, I don't consider myself, I mean, I, I'm the type of person that's pretty optimistic, that glasses always have full. I like to see possibility in things, but I have my shitty days. Excuse my language with that. You know, there's days that you wake up that you're just like, oh man. And it's interesting because some years ago, I remember talking, it was with my functional doctor, actually, with this, you just never know who's going to bring you that nugget of wisdom. You know, it doesn't have to be the guru, the coach, you never know if it's going to come from a podcast like this, if it's going to come from a book, from just a a simple conversation. And I remember him saying to me, because I was telling him, I was in the space of not knowing what was next with my business. And I just, and I was going through some health issues with anemia. So I couldn't, like fully operate and stuff. And that was really frustrating to me. And I voiced that frustration. And I remember him saying to me, he's like, just feel the feelings. Like, why are you Why are you labeling it as a bad feeling? Because that's the words that I was using. That's why we all have to be so self-aware. Like, I don't even have it perfect. Here I have, you know, a business, the courage to be happy. But I'm not perfect. And I'm not always happy. And I'm totally fine saying that, you know. And I was getting caught up with labeling That feeling of stillness or just being, like you were just saying, instead of the doing, 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 because the doing is all part of the programming. And one of my big limiting beliefs growing up is you have to work hard to be successful. You have to work hard to make money. You have to work hard, fill in the blank, you know, or the other one, you're not good enough or whatever. You're not tall enough. You're not smart enough, you know. So when you're not something enough, you're always trying to do. Uh That was my case. And so being in that stillness was really hard for me of just being. So the invitation here is first off to remind yourself that happiness is not constant. Joy, on the other hand, I think you can self-generate and look for it. And happiness too, I'll go back, joy and happiness. I invite you to not have to look for it out there. Like, someone else has to make you happy. Like, my kid has to make me happy. My husband has to make me ha- happy. My wife has to make me happy. My parents have to, when my parents make me happy, or when my kids do what I tell them to do, then I'll be happy. Or when I lose the 20 pounds, then I'll be happy. You know, like, there's this constant, when I get to this place, then I'll be happy. So, the invitation is to look for those. Things that bring you joy, like you were saying, Lauren, it's spending time with a kid or holding a baby and just that smell of the baby, you know, or mm-hmm. or their just yummy soft skin, or petting your pet, your dog or your cat, you know. Just what brings you joy? Is that I was having a conversation in my own podcast a couple weeks ago with someone else. And she's like, yeah, finding those moments of joy throughout the day. She's like, like, if I feel like a cupcake with sprinkles and I'm like, oh my God, yes, that brings me joy of like my childhood, you know, a cupcake with sprinkles. Like, why are we so caught up with like, oh no, and I can't eat the cupcake, you know, and all these different things. So what are those things that bring you joy? And I invite everyone that's listening to. Pull out your journal or a sheet of paper and write down all those things that bring you joy that you can self-generate, like you can do very easily. Like you were saying, Lauren, for me, a big one is movement. Movement moves energy. We are entities of energy. So if you woke up on a crappy day, the energy is stuck. The energy is just not flowing that it's kind of like a kink in a hose, So all you have to do is move it around. You move the host to untangle it. So what kind of movement do you enjoy that brings you joy that can shift the perspective? Like Wayne Dyer's quote, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. It's the same thing. You woke up in a crappy mode, you're in a pissy mood, whatever it is ask yourself, what can I do right now in the next five minutes or in the next half hour or in this morning? Can I take the day off? Can I just sit in the sun and have the sun caress my skin and warm me up? Can I just listen to the birds? Can I go on a hike? You know, it depends on how much time you have, or can I just dance out for the next three minutes, you know, just close the door and dance, or do I just need to cry? Other times you just need to move that energy with crying cry it out. And then you feel awesome or lock yourself in the car and yell at the top of your lungs, you know, but write a list of the things that do bring you joy, because I guarantee you that a lot of those don't even require money, right? like dancing, hanging out with kids, going on a picnic, go on a hike, go on a bike ride, go to the cafe. There you have to pay maybe like a tea. Like I just, I love my teas, you know, like enjoy a fresh cup of tea. Oh my God, that brings me so much joy. Like just what are those things that a bathtub, water calms me so much, whether it's a hot tub or whether it's, you know, a bath at home, you know, with some essential oils, maybe it's essential oils, just the smell of it. So these are just some ideas, but we can self-generate our own joy. And some other activities- or practices that I share with my clients and people that are in my world, my community is definitely practicing. And it's, it may sound a little bit cliche, like appreciation, Mm because what you appreciate appreciates and that raises your vibration. See, joy, happiness are just another state of vibration. Mm -hmm. That's very different vibration than being depressed or being angry. And so if you can practice gratitude, you know, whether it's throughout the day and you set your alarm or at the end of the day. And I invite you to not just write down, you know, because many of us have gratitude journals and we'll be like, oh, I'm thankful for my family, for my kids and for my health. Close, go to bed. I invite you to take it a step further. My challenge when I do my gratitude journal is the trick is I cannot repeat the same five things I wrote yesterday. So it doesn't become mechanical, you know, and you're like, I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for, you have to write it down because there is something that happens when you write things down instead of just thinking them, because you'll move on to the next thought. So write them down. Don't repeat five things that you wrote down that you're grateful for from the day before. And the next one is why are you grateful for that thing? So like I would write down, I am thankful for my podcast interview with Lauren today. Normally i just leave it at that, but the invitation is like, really feel that. Like, why am I thankful for Lauren? Wow. I'm thankful for my podcast interview with Lauren today because I've gotten to connect with another human being that seems amazing. I'm getting goosebumps just as I'm saying it. I'm like, I feel like we're deeper connected. Maybe we're in a new vibration together. Like you were mentioning meeting new people what will we create together? Where will our journey take us? You know, that's why I'm grateful. Not just because I got a podcast, you know, it's like all the reasons why. And when you take it to that level, you really start feeling it versus just writing it down. And then there's not really a shift in energy. And the other practice that I invite people to do that helps you raise your vibration, your confidence, And just tapping into that space of courage and of happiness and joy is appreciating yourself. So when you're writing down in your journal, you know, five things you're grateful for that day or that you're appreciating, write three to five things that you appreciate yourself for. Yesterday, yeah. my husband saw me writing on the bed, you know, I was writing my journal. He's like, what are you writing right now? We're waiting to do a, and I'm like, all the things I'm grateful for and what I appreciate myself for. And he's like, I hope I'm in there. I'm like, yes, I just actually finished saying thank you for hanging the lines <laughs> today, but appreciate yourself. And again, this also has a trick. It's, you have to not just say, Tanya, I appreciate you for, you know, doing the podcast today, for taking your daughter to school for, di- you know, and just listing uh, whole things instead it's Tanya comma, you know, put your first name. I am proud of you for filling the blank because I uh-huh. know that was hard for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like I appreciate you for doing X, Y, and Z because there must've been an obstacle. There must've been a sacrifice with that, you know, going back to what we were saying before it's just getting you closer to those desires. It's getting you closer to patting yourself on the back, kisses, pass a mirror, look at yourself in the eyes and say, you are awesome. You did amazing on that podcast or you did amazing making that phone call, even though that was scary. You know, so anyway, I could go on, Lauren, but yeah, those are some of the practices that I encourage for, you know, just raising our vibration and tapping into that joy because it is self-generated. Just stop looking For the joy and the happiness and being reactive to the world. You know, like I just got, I'll give you an example. I just got a YouTube partnership last week. I am so happy. I am so grateful, but that's not what's going to determine my happiness. And neither is it going to be that my daughter, I don't know, got sick and and had to miss a day of school. Like, I don't want that to be what's determining my happiness. It's great. And that's why self-appreciation and acknowledging yourself and praising yourself strengthens that because when someone comes and validates you and says, Hey, Lauren, you did great with that podcast. When that muscle is strengthened, you'll say, thank you but you won't be craving that validation from your parents, from your husband, from your wife, from your kids, from whoever it is. You'll be able to just self-generate that happiness and that joy versus having to seek happiness because you just got named YouTube partnership or your podcast just got X amount of downloads, or you just made $50,000, whatever it is, you know, like You want to be able to have that happiness and that joy be self-generated because you know where it's coming from versus coming from the external.
1: Here's to self-generation. I love that. Self-generation. I like that. Yes. That's a good like to generate from within is the intention these days. So that was profoundly stated and I could feel God speaking through you very profound statements through that whole thing. I was very, like my body would sort of move at certain times. And I just want you to know, like you're doing your soul's work on this planet. And thank you for being a light worker here. I know it's not an easy path and all of us are really stepping into the next level of leadership and sovereignty. And like I say, leaders go first leaders go first. And that's what I am. I'm a leader. You're a leader. And I'm really grateful for all the people that you're helping. So thank you from my heart to yours. Truly, Tanya. Mm,
0: Thank you, Lauren.
1: I would love for you to share what you have going on, how people can connect with you and follow you and work with you. And I, I think you did mention you had a really cool gift to give people to focus on their abundance consciousness, which we love here.
0: Yes, thank you for that. So, if you want to access the tools, the resources, and practices to help you manifest your dreams, your desires, and amplify your abundance, I want to share a free guide checklist. It's called Amplify Your Abundance, and you can get it at amplifyyourabundance.com. And it's the perfect place to get started with everything that we're talking about, you know, just shifting that mindset from there's never enough to start seeing ample abundance in the universe. And like you said before, it's not just abundance of money. It's abundance of resources, abundance of people, abundance of relationships, abundance of love, abundance of fill in the blank, you know? So when you become aware of how much abundance is accessible around you all the time, your life starts shifting. And I've had hundreds of women experience manifesting abundance constantly. You'll see in this guide, I actually, there's many practices in this guide. I've mentioned a couple throughout today, but many of these practices that I suggest in the guide, we've used in my signature program that's called Money Magic Miracles. And in our first cohort, just to give you an idea, we had 28 women And in eight weeks, they manifested over $1.2 million collectively, eight weeks. So if they can do that by putting these practices in place, you can do it too. Just download the guide, start putting some of these practices in place, and you'll start amplifying your abundance. You know, start bringing more things into your life. And again, it's at amplifyyourabundance.com. And it's just with one why, because if you put amplify your, that would be two whys, but I could only get the URL with amplify your abundance with one Y Mm. and we'll put it in the notes. If you want to learn that way, you guys can come into the community
1: that way. We will. Oh, Tanya, thank you so much for everything and for coming on today. I'm really, really grateful for you. And I'm excited for people to hear this conversation. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to house of low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, love.